Blog Talk Radio. Get ready for old times rock and roll. Good evening once again, everybody. This is Lee Douglas, and I am the host of Old Time Rock and Roll, one of the largest oldies podcasts in the world. I'm glad to have you with us this week. I I hope you enjoyed our our Rhythm and Blues show uh, just a few days ago, and I hope you enjoy this one as, as well. This is a little different. Normally, when I do, I guess I do every three months, I do one of my crazy shows. But tonight, I thought I would do something a little different. I wanted to take one individual that kind of satisfies each genre and each age of popular music and became the clown prince of that time. Now, there's lots of different ones and different types of genre, and we're going to try and hit a lot of them tonight. So I want to start with, I guess, one of the oldest, uh, and and that has to be, of course, it's got to be the first real major superstar, and that was in the 1940s and early 1950s, and that was Spike Jones. Now, Spike Jones was a drummer who spent most of his time hiring and, and gathering the weirdest group of great musicians that I have ever seen. And he had so many people that, that uh, came along that became really big stars in, in one way or another. And so tonight we're going to start with a little bit of, of Spike Jones. Now, of course, Spike had a show in the early 1950s on, on television with his wife, Helen Greco, and... He came out with the most outlandish suits, and they did the silliest things. And, of course, he was well thought of. And you can't think of Spike Jones without a piece of gum in his mouth because he always had a piece of gum in his mouth. So right now we're going to start off by two of Spike's uh, pieces of satire. One is called Holiday for Strings, which I know you've heard of. And another one, which was a very popular song at the time, called Laura. So I want to play for you right now Spike Jones and Holiday for Strings and Laura.
Dance in the misty light Footsteps that you hear down the hall The laugh that floats on the summer night That you can never quiet Recall Yeah, now let me see And you see Laura train that is passing through those eyes how familiar they seem she gave your very first kiss to you that was laura but she's only a dream Spike Jones and his city slickers. I'm going to move. It's about in the early 50s now, and a group that would gain success later for their great humorous song in about 1959 called The Battle of Cucamonga. They started out on a label called King Records, and they were totally, I don't want to say goofy, but this is, they made fun of the hillbilly beginnings of country music. So here are Homer and Jethro and Over the Rainbow. Dreams really do come true. Dreams really do come true. Sing it, 
get through. Someday I'll wish up on a star and wake up where the clouds are fur behind Dream me. Dreaming makes her putty putty. Where troubles sound like lemon drops away above the chimney top. That's where you'll find me. Somewhere over the rainbow, bluebirds fly. <laughs> Homer and Jethro and Over the Rainbow. This next gentleman was the satirist of all satirists in the early 1950s and continued. He is so well known in the country for some of his most outlandish op um, operas and, and soap operas and things that he made fun of and all through the years. The interesting thing is that he made fun of everybody. In fact, he even made fun of Lawrence Wilk. In fact, he, he did such a great job on Lawrence Wilk that Lawrence Wilk, when he met him at a party, refused to talk to him. Of course, I'm talking about Stan Freeberg. He made fun of Calypso, Rock and Roll, Jack Webb and Dragnet, and we're going to play a little bit of everything. So right now, we're going to play his original, one of his original big hits. This is called St. George and the Dragonette. Now, before I play it, if you don't remember Jack Webb and Dragnet, it was the silliest cop show. Uh, they just sat there and talked back and forth, and it was just so funny because they never did anything. This man, uh, Jack Webb, was a great director. Could not, could not. He had one deadpan look and one way of talking, and I think uh, he <laughs> he was actually caught by Stan Freeberg just the way he was. So here is St. George and the Dragonette. The legend you are about to hear is true. Only the needle should be changed to protect the record. This is the countryside. My name is St. George. I'm a knight. Saturday, July 10th, 8.05 p.m. I was working out of the castle on the night watch when a call came in from the chief. A dragon had been devouring maidens. Homicide. My job. Slay him. Call me, Chief. Yeah, it's the dragon again, devouring maidens. The king's daughter may be next. Mm -hmm. You got a lead? Yeah, nothing much to go on. Say, did you take that 45 automatic into the lab to have him check on it? Yeah, you were right. I was right? Yeah, he was a gun. 8.22 p.m., I talked to one of the maidens who had almost been devoured. Could I talk to you, ma'am? Who are you? I'm St. George, ma'am. Homicide, ma'am. I want to ask you a few questions, ma'am. I understand you were almost devoured by the ma'am. Is that right, dragon? It was terrible. He breathed fire on me. He burned me already. How can I be sure of that, ma'am? Believe me, I got it straight from the dragon's mouth. 11.45 p.m. I rode over the King's Highway. I saw a man. Stopped to talk to him. Pardon me, sir. Could I talk to you for just a minute, sir? Sure, I don't mind. What do you do for a living? I'm a knave. Didn't they pick you up on a 903 last year for stealing tarts? Yeah. So what, do you want to make a federal case out of it? No, sir. We heard it was a dragon operating in this neighborhood. 
We just want to know if you've seen him. Sure, I've seen him. Mm -hmm. Could you describe him for me? What's to describe? He seen one dragon, he's seen them all. Would you try and remember, sir, just for the record? We just want to get the facts, sir. Well, he was, you know, he had orange polka dots. Yes, sir. Purple feet, breathing fire and smoke. Mm-hmm. And one big bloodshot eye right in the middle of his forehead and, uh, like that. Notice anything unusual about him? No, he's just a run-the-mill dragon, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir, you can go now. Hey, by the way, how are you going to catch him? I thought you'd never ask. A dragon net. 3.05 p.m. I was riding back into the courtyard to make my report to the lab. Then it happened. It was a dragon. Hey, I'm the fire-breathing dragon. You must be St. George, right? Yes, sir. I see you've got one of them new 45 caliber swords. That's about the size of it. <laughs> you slay me. That's what I wanted to talk to you about. What do you mean? I'm taking it in a 502. You figure it out. What's the charge? Devouring maidens out of season. Out of season? You never pinned that rap on me. Do you hear me, cop? Yeah, I hear you. I got you in a 412, too. A 412? What's a 412? Overacting. Let's go. On September the 5th, the dragon was tried and convicted. His fire was put out and his maiden devouring license revoked. Maiden devouring out of season is punishable by a term of not less than 50 or more than 300 years. All right. St. George and the Dragonette. And now here's his little uh, dig at Harry Belafonte with the Banana Boat Song. I have to ask you not to shout like that. Well, it's uh, like right in my ear, man. Well, it goes with the song. Yeah, but know. don't holler in my ear, well, man. Well, it's authentic uh, calypso. Yeah, but like shout. when I stand next to me, man. Well, the shout go with the bongo drums. Well, not my bongo drums, man. I mean, move away. Well, man. I don't see why. Uh, no, no, no. Stand well, over next to the guitar, man. He sent me over here. Yeah. Well, then sing soft, man. You know, I mean, like, wow. Okay. It's too loud, man. That's better. He's a day, 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 oh, daylight come and me one go home. Yeah, man. Who work all night and a drink of rum, daylight come and me one go home. Stop banana till the morning come, daylight come and me one go home. Lift six foot, seven foot, eight foot, eight foot. too piercing. Oh, well, I don't see why. No, it's too piercing, man. Uh, it's too piercing. Well, I got to do the shout. No, man, it's too piercing. Like, I don't dig loud noises. Well, you ruined the whole... Piercing. ...record is what you do. Yeah, well, tough. I'll take my bongos and go, man, because the whole thing is like bugging me anyhow. Yeah, well, wait a minute. I won't No, shout. I'm cut, no, man, no. like I didn't want to make this gig in the first place. No, no, wait a minute. I'll be soft. Yeah? Well, then, back off of me, man. It's too piercing. Okay. How's this? Yeah. Too loud, man. Okay. Too loud, man. I can still hear you. Would you mind leaving the room? Okay. 
Crazy. Daylight come and we wander home. Daylight come and we wander home. A beautiful bunch of bright banana. Daylight come and we wander home. Hide the deadly black tarantula. Daylight oh, man, come don't sing about spiders. I mean, ooh, well, like I don't dig spiders. Well, that's, that's how the song goes. She goes, hide the deadly black tarantula. Daylight come and we wander home. Is that it? Can I leave now? Oh, not yet. We got a big finish. Yeah, man. I locked myself out. Crazy. I come through the window. Daylight come and we won't go home. And then Stan took on the one and only Elvis. Here's Stan with. Heartbreak Hotel. Well, since my baby left me, when I found a new place to dwell, when it's down at the end of loneliness, Heartbreak Hotel, well, I'll be, I'll be so lonely, baby, I'll be so lonely, baby, I'll be so lonely, I could die. Could I have a little more echo on my voice? All of it's always crowded, that's got it. You still can find some room. But broken out in love, you crack it there in the gloom. And make it so, and make it so lovely, bad, And make it so lovely, bad, bad. And make it so lovely, Now the fellow's tears keep flowing. The death curves dress in black. Well, it's been so long and lonely. Well, let her, let her, let her get back. Let her get back. Let her get back. Let her get back. Let so lovely, like a Well, now if your baby leaves you, and you got tell the text, when you take who won't tell on these people to where you will be ripping my jeans. Where you will be third pair today. You'll be so lovely, you could die. That's good, that's good, that's close enough for jazz. Although it's always crowded, you still can find some root for broken hearted lovers to cry there in the blue that's Stan Freeberg and Heartbreak Hotel. Next up, I don't know really how to how to even put this. 
the, these two men were, they really had no talent as singers as such. So they went into the studio and produced little bits and pieces of records which they put together to tell a story. So here are two, Bill Buchanan and Dickie Goodman, Buchanan and Goodman, famous, of course, for The Flying Saucer. I'm going to play two of their other songs, which you probably remember. I can't call them songs, I guess, but I want you to hear them now. They are The Banana Boat Story and Russian Bandstand. Here's Buchanan and Goodman. Hill and gully rider, hill and gully, D-A-Y-O. Tastes good like a cigarette should. Yes, friends, and remember, I love the work, man, sing this song. Arcane gasoline! It's not tart, it's not sweet, what a wine, what a treat! Yes, do as so many do. Keep your doggy well and strong, give him a brand new brand of cigarettes. And now for our story. Well, I'm loading the banana boats all night long. Does your back ache? Are you just plain tired? What you need is... Floor wax makes your floors sparkle. Yet taste so good. And now back to our story. Well, I sleep by sun and I work by moon. Yes, friends, and here's the secret. No sugar. No, no. No salt. No, no. Drink. Motor oil, the finest for your car. When you need a pickup, drink it down. When I get some money, gonna smoke for real. Smoke that wonderful dog food. And now we return you to our story. Well, I'll pack up all my things and I'll fly to Mexico nonstop in a giant four-engine. Hill and Gully Rider. A real high flyer. Hill and Gully Rider. You need no special rinsing after you use it. That's right. The new wash day soap is best for lunch or dinner for breakfast. Oh, fancy banana see the last of me. And remember, friends, there are 21 kinds of day. Don't be half safe. Be completely safe. I don't know today, people. Welcome to Russian Bandstand. This is your host, Nikita Clarkchev. In Russia, almost everybody watches Russian Bandstand. Now everybody watches Russian Bandstand. <laughs> Next is number one song in Russia. You got to like that song. It's number one song. But we don't like. Who else doesn't like that song? I don't like any other song. Too late, comrade. Now, anybody else don't like? We like that song. All right, now a word from our sponsor. You better listen. Light up stroganoff. New short-length cigarette. Each cigarette, two puffs. That's all you got time for. Work 22 hours a day, salt mine. It's only cigarette with microphone filter. So be careful, comrades. Secret police are listening. It's only cigarette I smoke. 
Right, Comrade Mamarella, Chef? Right. It's only cigarettes you can buy. Next on the Russian bandstand is country's number one singing star, Nikita Preslichev. What are you going to sing, Nikita? <laughs> no, that's the wrong song. Tomorrow we have new number one singing star. Tomorrow we have new number one song. Hey, comrade, we are secret police. Tomorrow we have new host on the Russian bandstand. You are listening to Old Time Rock and Roll. Of course, one group that, even though their songs were humorous and, and considered novelty records, these guys put on the great, greatest performances I have ever seen in my life. Here are the coasters with Charlie Brown. I've said many times that the Coasters were the finest group of performers I have ever seen in my life. And I saw them on stage at the uh, Brooklyn Fox and Brooklyn Paramount Theaters, and they were good. And I saw them on stage at the Apollo Theater in Harlem, and there was nobody better. What they did for their own audiences was absolutely incredible. Here's in one of their greatest performances, especially on when you did it on stage live, here are the coasters and Little Egypt. 
Step right up, folks, and see little Egypt do a famous dance of the pyramids. She walks, she talks, she crawls on her belly like a reptile. Just one thin dime, one tenth of a dollar. Step right up, folks. I went and bought myself a ticket and I sat down in the very first singer, but a comedian, and he had the great uh, talent of being able to parody any song that you put in front of him. And I'm going to give you three examples. Also, let me remind you that this was an interesting time because he was on, of course, the Jack Parr show and uh, the, G the Johnny Carson show, of course, all the time. And his humor is extremely ethnic. Jewish humor and although the audience in New York and of course uh, Los Angeles were very very uh, enamored with Alan Sherman the rest of the country I didn't think would would uh, would accept this but they did they had of course uh, Sarah Jockman and of course Hello Mudda Letter from Camp Granada and quite a few other 
very, very big hits for him. And he had a television show, which he did a couple of specials, which one of these songs is from, and I'm going to give it to you one by one. So first we're going to play something which is totally, totally uh, Brooklyn, New York, which is where I came from, and I know we have a lot of fans out there from Brooklyn. Here is Alan Sherman with Shake Hands with Your Uncle Max. I sell a line of plastics And I travel on the road And I have a case of samples Which, believe me, is a load Every night a strange cafe A strange hotel And then Early in the morning I am on the road again when the season's over and my lonesome journey ends, that's the only time I see my family and my friends. I drive up Ocean Parkway, and before I stop the car, my ma leans out the window and she hollers. Here we are Shake hands with your Uncle Max, my boy And here is your sister, Cheryl And here is your cousin, Isabel That's Irving's oldest girl And you remember the Tishman twins Gerald and Jerome We all came out to greet you And to wish you welcome home Meet Merowitz, Barrowitz, Handelman, Shandelman, Sperber and Gerber and Steiner and Stone. Moskowitz, Lubowitz, Aarons and Behrens, Feynman and Feynman and Friedman and Cohn. Smolowitz, Wallowitz, Steidelbaum, Mandelbaum, Levin, Levinsky, Levine and Levi. Brumberger, Schlumberger, Minkus and Pinkus and Stein with an E-I and Stein with a Y. Shake hands with your Uncle Sal, mine boy. And here is your brother, Sid. And here is your cousin, Yetta, who expects another kid. Whenever you're on the road, my boy, wherever you may roam, we'll all be here when you come back to wish you well. Come Here's another one from the album My Son the Folk Singer. Here is the Ballad of Harry Lewis. I'm singing you the ballad of a great man of the cloth. His name was Harry Lewis, and he worked for Irving Roth. He died while cutting velvet. <laughs> On a hot July the 4th. But his cloth goes shining on. Glory, glory, Harry. 
Oh, Harry Lewis perished. <laughs> In the service of his Lord, he was trampling through the warehouse where the drapes of wrath are stored. the finest funeral the union could afford and his cloth goes shining on Harry stood by his machine And when the firemen broke in They discovered him between A pile of roasted Dacron And some French fried gabardine His cloth goes shining high You know, to be as old as I am and to never have had anything taken out of your body in all those years is pretty amazing. Last week, for the first time, I actually had a tooth taken out of my mouth. That is the first time I have ever had anything taken out of my body in all the years I've been on the earth. I'm not talking because when I was a kid, the, you know, your teeth fall out when you're, when you're, you know, between 8 and 10. I'm not talking about that. But so for the first time, I went to the dentist. And I'm not afraid of the dentist. I would go to the dentist and they grind, they grind my teeth a little bit. And I don't take any kind of medications at all uh, because, I don't know, I'd rather have the pain <laughs> than the needle. But uh, this guy gave me some medication and... He said, well, take these pills, and then I'm going to jab some Novocaine in you, and we'll take your tooth out. And I got up about a couple of seconds later, and it was finished. It was all over. And I remembered back, so I went into my, to my uh, Alan Sherman section, and I pulled out something that he did from his first television special. So I'm going to play this now for my great <laughs> dentist extractor, Dr. Arthur, here in Orlando or in Maitland, and I'm playing for you 
Dr. Prentice, the Painless Dentist. Beautiful molars, lovely bicuspids. I'm Dr. Prentice, the painless dentist. By that, what's meant is it really doesn't hurt. This is Miss Klinger, you've met her finger. So open wide and Miss Klinger will squirt. Well, well, I say there, we've got decay there. Can't let it stay there and cause you all that pain. So please, Miss Klinger, remove your finger. And won't you hand me down my Novocaine? It's far worse than I thought it was. My charge is gonna be large. Don't be unwilling. It's just a filling. I'm simply drilling to dig a little pit. Don't fight Miss Klinger or bite her finger. And now while I change the drill, you can spit. I hum while you're bleeding. It takes your mind off the things I grind off. Your gums are receding. You'll have to come back. We'll build that gum back. And now, if you will open wide, Miss Klinger's gonna put her whole darn fist inside. That's it. Now it's over. There'll be a puffiness around your cheeks. You'll have to eat soft food for three more weeks. And if you'll kindly stop those ghastly shrieks, I'm through. Beautiful molars. Lovely by Cuspid. By Dr. Prentice. You know, the reason that I love old-time rock and roll is because the music was very bland in a way. It, it, it had its raucous side, but, you know, everything was kind of cute and, and nothing. You know, you didn't have uh, all the name-calling that you have in today's music and whatnot. And for the same reason, I don't like comedy of today because every other word is a curse word. And if you don't curse, you're not funny. At least that's what it seems to be to me. So I happened to come across this. It's a very short piece from the button-down world of Bob Newhart. Here's Bob and how he handles n nudeness. <laughs> Here is the nude police lineup. Thank you very much. This is, uh, there, again, this is an item that came out of a news item, and it's a true story. Uh, they had a guy in... Uh, either Houston or Dallas, and he was, um, he'd come up and ring the doorbell in suburban, uh, suburban cities there, and, and the woman would, would answer the door, and he'd flash, you know, and then he'd run away, and of course, by the time the police got there, uh, he was gone. So uh, the, the 
the Houston police or Dallas police uh, picked up some suspects and they wanted to hold this lineup. But, <laughs> but the women explained that since he was wearing a, uh, a, a ski cap and, and, and sneakers and a raincoat, uh, they wouldn't be able to identify him uh, with his clothes on. So they held uh, what I think must have been the first nude lineup. And I think it probably went something like this. <laughs> All right, ladies, uh, we're going to bring the men out in just a moment. Can, can you hold the applause down, ladies, please? <laughs> now, I, I, a couple of things I have to make clear. Uh, there were only five incidents reported, and since we have over 221 women in the room... Yeah, I'm going to have to ask uh, all, all the other women except the five who reported to leave. Well, ma'am, that's, that's your problem. How you get your 20 bucks back from Mrs. Baxter is, is up to you. <laughs> oh, one more thing I have to explain before we bring the men out. Uh, one of them is a, a policeman. Uh, we're required to do that in a lineup uh, to make sure that you identify the, the correct suspect. All right. all right, fellas, you want to come out now? All right, stand on the different numbers there. Yeah, William just sort of tipped off the fact you're, you're a policeman by, by wearing your holster in the lineup. <laughs> holster is supposed to be worn on the side, by the way. <laughs> uh, Mrs. Baxter, any of these men look familiar to you? He wasn't there that long. He, he left right after the coffee and the pound cake, huh? <laughs> Number, uh, number four, do you, you, you have a question? Is, is this the way everybody gets their driver's license renewed? <laughs> yes, uh, four more doors down, fella. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you might you might want to uh, you might want to uh, take your clothes along with you. I think it'll increase your chances of getting your driver's license renewed. <laughs> Okay, ladies, do uh, you think you're ready for uh, an identification? Good, okay. You vote for number four? <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay, Bob Newhart and the nude police lineup. Quite incredibly funny. Now, one of my favorites... And those of you who've been listening to the show for a long time must know this is Ray Stevens. I think he is inventive, he is a lunatic, and he is funny. And I have picked out some very unusual little pieces of of him. Uh, not the usual. I'm not playing the streak, which of course is his most famous. But I thought you'd like to hear this stuff because this is kind of interesting. First, I'm going to play for you Ned Nostril. And his funky little five-piece band. I think that's what it's called. Or is that Freddie Feelgood? Anyway, here's Ned Nostril. This, <laughs> I'll come back and we'll talk afterwards. Here's Ray Stevens. Well, even when Ned was a little bitty baby, his nose covered most of his face. And as he grew to manhood, it spread out all over the place. His heroes were Carl Malden, Jimmy Durante, and Pinocchio. And all his friends used to wonder just how big it was going to grow. Mm -hmm. 
growing up was the problem for Ned. He tried sports, but he couldn't make it. On the football field, the other team used to kick his nose and try to take it. Basketball games were always the same. Ned always felt inhibited when the referee blew his whistle and called him down for double dribbling. Well, then Ned had a brainstorm. He'd be a music man. So he rounded up his buddies and they started a little band. Now it's hard getting bookings when you're virtually new and unknown. But Ned had a plan and a name for the band and a sound all their own. You see, the boys in the band would sniff ragweed till their allergies were screaming. Then they'd harmonize with watery eyes and sinuses a streaming. And Ned took his liability and figured out how to turn it around. They wore high Hawaiian clothes and Ned played his nose. That was their sound. So if you want to hear some wheezing and sneezing and blowing and going the scram, go hear Ned Nostril and the South Seas Paradise. Put your blues on ice cheap at twice the price band. Yiggy, 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 yiggy. They're all you can stand. Yiggy, 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 yiggy. The best in the land. Yiggy, yiggy, yiggy. Look solid and in demand. Yiggy, 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 yiggy. I swear, when I first when I heard this, I started to sneeze. It's catching. Uh, this shows again the the versatility of Ray Stevens. Back in the late '60s and early '70s, there was something on television at midnight on Friday and Saturday nights or Saturday nights called the Midnight Special. 
Here is Ray Stevens' take on his Moonlight special.
Okay, one more from Ray Stevens. I, I guess you probably remember about a year or two ago the absolutely incredibly funny movie with Jay, uh, Jack Black called, <laughs> you see, I, I'm so old-time rock and roll, I was going to say Jay Black. Uh, Jack Black did, a, did a, uh, a spoof on wrestling, pro wrestling in Mexico, called uh, La, uh, Nacho Libre. All right, and I've got that right. And way back... In the late 1960s and early 1970s, Ray Stevens did this tune, which is incredibly funny. It's called The Ballad of the Blue Cyclone. Well, the wife went out of town about a year or so back and left me at home by myself to batch, and after five straight nights of TV, I was ready to scream. So I called up this beer-drinking buddy of mine and said, Bill, I ain't had a real good time. He said, why don't we go to the wrestling match and let off a little steam? The main event was the spider from Parts Unknown with his trusted partner, the Blue Cyclone. They were taking on a team that never had been beat. Now, I had never seen the matches before, and the crowd was backed up, plumb out the door, but me and old Bill lucked out and got ringside seat. Well, then they rang the bell and all hell broke loose. My legs were shaking like a rubber goose. I'd never seen anything like this, not even in the wall. The cyclone put the vulture in an airplane spin. Then they body slammed him and he did it again. I swear I didn't see how that old boy take much more. It was right about then in the thick of things. My buddy Bill threw a chair in the ring. And that's when I knew we'd better be heading for the door. Cause I saw the cyclone looking at us and he's rubbing his head and starting to cuss and I knew if he caught us he'd break Bill's neck for sure. Well, where we parked wasn't too far and Bill ran so fast he beat me to the car locked the doors and wasn't about to let anybody in. And I turned around and the cyclone was there and he said, hey, punk, you forgot your chair. And by the look in his eyes, I knew that this was the end. Then he body slammed me two or three times and he put his arms around me from behind and then he piled around me right there in the hard concrete. Broke both my arms, three of my ribs. It's the closest I've ever come to being killed and that's the last thing I remember before he put me to sleep. Just thinking, I believe I could have took him if I hadn't been drinking. So the next time we meet, I won't be on no bed. Cause I hadn't been the same since we had that fight. And I see that cyclone in my dreams at night. I'll never be satisfied till I get revenge. So I called up Bill and told him the plan. All he said was, right on, man, I did the same darn thing. If it been me, it all happened quick when that car door slammed. It must have broke something. Cause the door locked down. He was already down. He's gone. Time I got free. 
Bill said, Mister, think about taking him again. I know two old boys that weigh two ten. They'd take on a grizzly with a switch in the woods at night. Well, we talked it over, and they said they'd willing. They'd stop at nothing short of a killing. Said, Boy, squeal back, you long you wanna fight. So we all went down to the Hammerlock Bar to hang out with all the rest of the stars and waited for the blue cyclone to hit the door. Well, after a while, he finally appeared. He sat down at the bar and ordered a beer, and he barely took a sip before I stepped to the middle of the floor. You know, when I when I started this, I didn't realize how many other clown princes there are, and we will have to take them up on another show. We're going to do a few more, but we left out Peter Shickley, who is, of course, uh, known to the world as PDQ Bach, and there's just so many others like Tom Lehrer, which we didn't get to tonight. So we're going to have us to do a second show on this, and uh, I hope you're enjoying this, and I know you're going to enjoy this one. This is... As the 70s came on, another great star was born. He was a guitar picker. He was a uh, um, a singer. He was a songwriter. And he became a big, big movie star, so, uh, starring in a couple of movies with uh, Burt Reynolds. And, of course, we're talking about Jerry Reed. Jerry Reed had a great wit. And I just have one or two songs to play for you by him and I'm going to start with this one and I thought this was one of those you remember he did the, what is it um, she got the gold mine I got the the uh, shaft which uh, we're not going to play tonight but this one is, is kind of similar this is called you make it they take it here's Jerry Reed
as you could tell by the sound, was when Jerry Reed was doing kind of rock and roll. And it wasn't until a few years later that he got noticed when he did this song. I don't know how much humor is in this, but it's kind of interesting because he did this with a friend of his by the name of uh, Hank Williams Jr., and it's called Attitude Adjustment.
cops to take me in And I said, you're never going to do it, friend And they just smiled and said, oh yes, we will Now speakers ahead and some kicks to the shins And several bites by Ren Tin Tan And I couldn't wait to get into that jail It was an attitude adjustment Oh, I went All right, Jerry Reed and attitude adjustment. I have one more, and I'm going to push me as far as I will go into the 80s with Weird Al Yankovic. Now, Weird Al, as most of you know, has made his life's work out of being absolutely insane, sometimes funny, sometimes gross. Here, in my estimation, is his finest work, and it's, if you remember Addicted to Love, Here's Weird Al with Addicted to Spuds.
Well, <laughs> he is not alone. That is probably one of my favorite foods. I don't eat it, especially French fries anymore, but I sure do love them. Oh, well, when you get my age, you know how you have to kind of cut back on saturated fats. <laughs> oh, well, thank God for Pringles, fat-free. Anyway, uh, I will see everybody in just a few short days. Back on uh, Wednesday, we'll have a brand-new show. And uh, then again, in a couple of weeks, we will do part two of this incredible look at the clown princes of recorded music. For everybody here in old-time rock and roll, this is Lee Douglas. Have a great week. That's a wrap. See you later, alligator.